Hello and welcome to the ISBA BursaCast podcast. This episode has been recorded on the 20th of July in the afternoon. Today's episode features Nikki Miller from VWV, who takes us through some of the latest advice from the sector. Before we hear from Nikki, though, let's go through some of the other updates for this week. The first of those is the ISBA Data Navigator. Following the launch in May, together with Barnett Waddingham, we have produced two videos explaining how the tool works in more detail. The tool not only provides access to a modern interactive dashboard where you can define your own benchmark group in real time, but the data is also available for the benefit of the whole sector. Over time, this dataset will become a valuable sector resource, documenting the changes year on year. All use is subject to strict confidentiality and strong data protection. Please head to the ISBA website or the Barnett Waddingham website to catch the two videos. Moving on, the DFE has updated the Early Years Foundation Stage Framework with effect from the 4th of September 2023. The following three changes will apply. The current statutory minimum staff-child ratios in England for two-year-olds changes from 1 to 4 to 1 to 5. Childminders can care for more than the specified maximum of three young children if they are caring for siblings of children they already care for, or if the child minor is caring for their own child, and clarifying that adequate supervision while children are eating means that children must be within sight and hearing of an adult. Moving on, there have been some updates regarding the health and safety executive inspections of schools to assess the management of asbestos. From September 2022 to March 2023, the HSE carried out more than 400 inspections of primary and secondary schools across England, Scotland and Wales to assess how they're managing risks from asbestos. The inspection showed that most schools were complying with their legal duties and had effective systems in place to manage and monitor the condition of asbestos-containing materials. A small number of schools, in fact 7%, had significant enough failings in their systems, meaning enforcement action was required to address them. Most of these failings related to improvements being needed in their management plans or surveys. The HSC has published a report giving full details. Schools should use the report to ensure their systems are suitably robust and regularly reviewed. HSE is carrying out further inspections to schools across Great Britain in 2023 and 24. Please head to the bulletin or the HSE website for more information on that. On to the next topic, the ICO regularly publishes key insights into data security incident trends and these findings can support organisations with their data protection and handling, ensuring that they are aware of what to look for and can take the correct action when necessary. When organisations do not have appropriate technical or organisational measures to protect personal data, a data security incident can occur. According to the report, the most common type of data breach being reported was accidentally sending an email to the wrong recipient. This type of data breach made up 19% of incidents recorded in quarter 4 of 2022. The largest incident increases reported between quarter 4 2021 and Q4 2022 were denial of service, which reported incidents increasing up to 200%, and malware, which had an increase of 100%. Now, looking at what schools can do to avoid a data breach occurring, 
There are a number of relatively simple things that can be done. Schools should consider measures such as encryption, password protection, multi-factor authentication, installation of antivirus and malware protection, and a secure Wi-Fi connection. That said, although those measures can protect schools against cyber-related attacks, non-cyber-related incidents made up the significant majority of the reported incidents, 84%, within the education and childcare sector. These are mostly made up of human error, such as emailing data to the wrong recipient at 20%, faxing or posting data to the incorrect recipient 5%, failure to redact was 4%, and loss or theft of paperwork or data left in an insecure location was 7%. The ICO's top tips to avoid common data breaches include double-checking email addresses before sending, disabling autofill in email settings, sending passwords to protected documents in separate emails, and using strong passwords. It's important that schools have appropriate training in place so that staff are able to recognise a security incident or personal data breach, and that all staff know how to escalate an incident promptly and to the appropriate person, to determine whether a breach has occurred. Lessons should be learned from personal data breaches and actions should be taken and documented in this regard. This is usually found in a school's personal data breach log, which should include actual personal data breaches as well as near misses. There have been some updates regarding new employment protections for parents and carers as this received royal assent. On May 24th, three new acts providing enhanced family-friendly employment rights for pregnant women, new parents and carers received royal assent. The new entitlements will not come into effect until further regulations are implemented, and timing for this is currently unknown. Schools should, however, be aware of the forthcoming changes. And with all of that out of the way from me, let's hear from Nikki about all of the updates from VWV. And it's fantastic to be joined by Nikki Miller from VWV. Nikki, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. No, it's a pleasure. You're a, you're a returning guest of the podcast, having previously been on pre, uh, pre-conference BC. And we're delighted to have you back to explain a little bit more about this week's news and all the sort of takeaways that bursas should be thinking about regarding what is quite a, a long list, really, of updates for the sector and of government-led reform that, that's eventually finally come through or not come through as we'll find out. But um, what are the kind of the key things that have been happening in the last bit of time? As always, there's quite a lot of um, change and updates. So the areas we're focusing on are um, Martin's Law and how it applies to schools, the new ISI inspection framework, which will start in September, Updates to KICSI 2023, the government's response to the recommendations of the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse. There are going to be um, changes to the recoverable costs regime in the courts. And that, I think, is relevant because it may affect any bursa or school who's thinking about taking legal action against parents for non-payment of fees. Um, We were really interested to read the National Autistic Society's Education Report 2023, which gives some insight and practical tips for supporting pupils on the autism spectrum. And I do think that's relevant for bursars. Um, You'll have seen on the news yesterday that the long-awaited transgender guidance has been delayed and is not likely to be issued before September. Um, Turning to employment, 
um, the likely increase to the employer contribution to teachers' pensions and what that looks like for schools is very much an area of focus. And um, we've been looking at the emergence of AI and some practical steps to take. And we'll actually be covering that in more detail at VWV's Practical Strategies Conference on the 21st of September. So that's a sort of summary of headline news. Oh, fantastic. So as, as, as we said, lots to get through. And let's, in fact, start at the top with Martin's Law and how it applies to schools. What are the, the things that bursars need to know and should they be doing anything about it? Sure. So um, Martin's Law, it's come out of the Manchester bombings and the government has announced new laws to keep people safe with a view to scaling up preparedness for and protection from terrorist attacks. Um, So schools and bursars in particular might want to spend some time thinking through how this might affect their individual settings. Um, We're doing a webinar with the ISBA in November on this and we'll be supported by a chap called Mike Moore, who's from police. It's called Police ACT, which is Action Counters Terrorism. And the focus of that webinar will be on compliance with the new legislation, the new um, Martin's Law legislation and we'd be doing that with Mike's support. That's a good thing to come from a a horrible situation I suppose and then moving on to a hopefully less horrible situation the ISI inspection framework. Um, What's new about this and again what do bursars need to know? So um, I'm I'm sure um, most of you or most bursars will be aware that the ISI published its new inspection framework in April 2023, explaining that it will apply to all inspections from September 2023 onwards. And essentially, the ISI is moving to a more outcomes-focused system. Um, So, Reporting inspectors receive training over the summer and compliance team inspectors are doing their training now, ready for rollout next term. So from September 2023, ISI inspected schools will now only receive one type of routine inspection every three years. Remember, we used to have the um, EQI or the FCI under the old regime. That's now um, all one inspection. And schools won't receive an overall judgment and instead inspectors will report on whether the relevant standards are met consistently or unmet. They'll report on any significant strengths. Where all the standards are met, they will include recommendations for further improvement. Where the standards are not met, they'll identify improvements that must be made. And they will also report on any serious or multiple failings in provision. And what I think is important for colleagues to know is that um, the ISI's website is a really useful source of information and they've got lots of resources on there. So I'd highly recommend accessing the ISI's website viewing their webinars and their FAQs, downloading the inspection framework and the inspection handbook and familiarising yourselves with it. Remembering, of course, that the ISI are no longer producing their commentary on the regulatory requirements or their safeguarding policy checklist. I just think as well, useful um, things to be doing over the summer as you're thinking about inspections is making sure you've read your school's last inspection report. Um, take a view 
on when you think you're likely to be inspected. Um, if you do an inspection, work with the head and make sure that you're both clear on who's doing what. And spend some time, if you're a clerk, spend some time with governors to make sure they're up to speed on the new inspection framework and what it means for them, because it is different. And importantly, I've been networking with other bursars to share information and advice. Um, use your regional groups. Um, there's a very good bursars forum on the ISBA website. And just remember that you're not alone. I know sometimes it feels like you are, but you're not. And there are people out there that you can talk to who can give you tips and advice and um, feel free to contact us if you want to talk anything through and again um, we will be doing an inspections webinar with the ISBA in September it's on the website I think it's called um, preparing for inspections just one other little tiny bit um, it is because it kind of links back to Kixi so um, Kixi's been updated and we think that inspectors might ask about online checks as part of the safer recruitment process. Um, and just a reminder that those checks aren't a requirement, but if you are doing them, inspectors might ask about how schools are recording the checks and where the information is kept. Um, and also they're looking for effective oversight of the safer recruitment process. I seem to remember reading that this does not apply to Scotland. Is that right? I believe so, yes. And then moving seamlessly from this onto something you mentioned there, Kixi and the updates to it. We released a podcast last week that featured a little bit of Sarah McKim, who talked about it. But from, from you guys, VWV, what are the updates to Kixi that versus you think need to be thinking about? Sure. Um, so this year's amendments are relatively light touch. And um, the key ones, I think, for bursars are around online safety, filtering and monitoring, um, particularly those bursars that manage the IT teams. And so Kixi this time around is placing more emphasis on the requirement for governing bodies to ensure their schools have appropriate and effective filtering and monitoring systems in place. And other areas for bursars, the there's a piece about online recruitment checks for shortlisted interview candidates and um, clarification in Kixi that it is good practice for schools to inform shortlisted candidates that online searches will be carried out if you do so. There is, of course, no requirement to carry out online searches. Um, and one area where we're getting a lot of queries is around the use of school premises by third parties. So for the third year in a row, we've seen clarification of the guidance around third party use of school premises, indicating that there's still some uncertainty about the requirements. And um, the really important piece here is that if schools receive any safeguarding allegations relating to an incident that happened when a separate organisation or individual was using their premises, the school needs to manage this in line with their own safeguarding policies and procedures and inform the LADO where required. So the reason I feel that's really important for bursars is because quite often this could happen over the summer holidays, for example. So if you're running a residential let or um, you've got third party users of the premises over the holidays, it's making sure that you've properly risk assessed um, the safeguarding arrangements, well, risk assessed the whole activity but really risk assess the third party um, safeguarding arrangements and make sure that the school is comfortable with them. Yeah and I suppose also the recent uh, guidance relating to third party 
um, harassment as well is, is now also on the, the school premises if they've got contractors coming in and there's any harassment from them it's down to the school and the bursar essentially to to be responsible for that so extra import yeah. on that absolutely and we're seeing um a kind of a, a third party use risk assessment um it captures all of these risks um because that's that's where because your your school teams have gone on there that you know you might find that your dsl's away for the for the whole block of the summer holiday so it's um it's definitely an area of focus for bursars. Um, but other things I'd be thinking about um, in light of the updates is making sure that the safeguarding policy has been updated and read by all the relevant parties. Also, there's a governor piece in there as well. Um, as I said, we'd recommend an online safety filtering and monitoring policy if schools don't already have one. Um, that points about third party, um, third party risks. Um, and Finally, just review your safer recruitment policy and make sure you're comfortable with what it says about online checks. And then the f- next thing we're going to come on to is, which you mentioned earlier, the changes to the recoverable costs regime in the courts, which may affect a bursar who is considering taking legal action against parents for non-payment of fees. What is new here? Okay, so from the 1st of October 2023, the amount that a successful litigant can recover from the unsuccessful litigant will be limited by the introduction of a new fixed cost, fixed recoverable costs regime, and it'll apply to most claims worth between ten and a hundred thousand. So my um, understanding of it is that it may impact bursars who are considering taking action for the recovery of school fees, it, uh, pr- probably on a debt of over. 10,000. But what we would recommend is that um, you take the summer to review your debtors list. And if there are any that you're thinking of taking action on, um, t- take take advice now, because the costs regime is going to change and it might affect you. And there's a lot more detail of that in the school's law brief, which you can get on the website. Okay, brilliant. So that's something to consider. Another thing to consider. Um, And then the NAS have issued their education report 2023, which gives some insight and practical tips for supporting pupils on the autism spectrum. I mean, is there anything that we can take from this that's not going to take, you know, four or five hours to go through? Is there any short little things? See, um, the report is full of practical examples of really small adjustments that schools can make, which might change the life of an autistic pupil. And those might include the use of exit passes from lessons, quiet rooms, some to go to, fidget toys, uniform changes, avoiding the crowds at lesson change and break time. And um, there are also some tips about staff training, exams and transition arrangements. Most, as I've said, they're changes that don't cost money, um, just a change in approach and greater understanding. Um, and what the report means for schools, um, it absolutely doesn't change the expectation on schools but it provides a useful and readily accessible best practice update and will help schools to consider reasonable adjustments to enable them to discharge their Equality Act obligations and what we're experiencing is um, a high instance of the condition and the often challenging behaviour by and towards those with autism so this provides a really useful reminder of the need to ensure that a school's policies are drafted with an autism focus in mind, particularly those that deal with behaviour admissions and, in, and exclusions. 
So if you've got those policies in your mind, that's behaviour admissions and exclusions, we'd recommend quick hop onto the National Autistic Society website um, and the executive summary of their education report is is, um, very well recommended. Okay, fantastic. And then moving on to the next topic, which was well, very, very, very newsworthy indeed. The news yesterday that the long-awaited transgender guidance has been delayed and is not likely to be issued before September. Is there anything else around this that is important for bursas to know? Um, I just think that it's quite um, long-awaited and we, as everybody else, are waiting for it to be issued. So, yeah, no news other than sit tight, I think. Okay, okay. That's good to know. And then the next topic is employment and the likely increase to the employer contribution to teachers' pensions and what this might actually look like for schools. Yeah, this is um, a very hot topic for those schools that are still in the um, teachers' pension scheme in, in any form. So we've now received an indication from HM Treasury that the direction of travel for the employer's contribution rates is likely to be in the region of a 5% increase. So that's going to take it up to 28.7%. And schools who are still in TPS may want to get in touch with their advisors to discuss options. Mm. Okay, okay. so that's more more joy ahead. Um, And then looking at a, a completely different topic, but the emergence of AI and some practical steps. As you say, there's um, a webinar or a conference actually taking place, um, your practical strategies conference on the 21st of September. But for now, is there anything that you want to say about that? Um, AI is affecting all areas. Um, and uh, my colleague Nassim has written a piece again in the um, Independent Schools Law Brief about the impacts in employment um, and that it's becoming an it's well, it is a reality for an increasing number of employers within the education sector. Um, and one of the things we've been asked a number of times is whether we've got a policy for AI and how it affects employment. So that's definitely things schools are starting to think about policy in this area. Um, It's very fast moving. And um, I I would um, commend reading the Seams article about AI within the employment relationship. um, And she covers things like um, employee engagement, um, AI and job security, understanding the risks. And I think the view is that schools that adopt a proactive and thoughtful approach to the use of AI in the workplace, this is in the employment space, um, are likely to be able to harness its potential while also ensuring that employees are protected and treated fairly under the law. And as with any new technology, the world of AI will be subject to ongoing legal and regulatory developments. And it's important for schools as employers to stay abreast of these changes in order to ensure compliance and mitigate risk. Well, that's good to know. And I think that draws a close to everything that we were going to go through. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for um, having me on. It's been good to speak to you again. No, and absolutely. I hope, um, I hope it was helpful. No, absolutely fantastic. Nikki, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and giving our dear listeners a break from just me talking to them, uh, which I'm sure they're all very grateful for. Um, But no, that's been fantastic. Thanks again. And hopefully we'll get you on soon to discuss some more breaking ISBA news.
Fantastic. Thank you. Lovely. Cheers. Thank you very much, Nikki, for talking us through all of those updates. Hopefully it's explained a little bit more about what's been going on of late. Now, before we sign off this episode, I'm just going to let you know about some of the professional development program that's coming up in September. If you are a new bursar, we have a So You Want to Be a Bursar online webinar. These sessions are on the 12th and 14th of September and are hugely beneficial for anyone who wants to get a real understanding of what the landscape of a bursar looks like. On the 15th of September, we have Digital Strategy for Transformational Times. And on the 22nd of September, we have Preparing for Inspection under the new framework. So hugely useful given the new changes to the ISI framework. With all of that discussed, we'll leave it there and we'll check back in tomorrow for a Friday Focus episode where we'll be hearing about all the things bursars need to be thinking about for the site during the summer holidays. I'm sure this is old hat for many of you, but it's always good to get a bit of a different angle and remind ourselves what could be done. So with all of that to look forward to, I'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Nikki. And can I ask you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to ensure you never miss an update. And of course, share this around members of your team if you think they'd find it useful. Final thing to say is that if you want to get in touch, please email podcast at the isba.org.uk to just say hello, ask for some segments, or whatever it is you'd like to do. With all of that done, till next time, farewell.